the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, summoned by the will and purpose of God to be an apostle, special messenger of Christ Jesus, and our brother Sosthenes. First, Paul establishes who he is and why he is ministering. This is both for us who would read the letter in order that we would know or they would know the authority of the author, and secondly, it affirms that Paul ministers out of who he is in Christ, not out of his wisdom or earthly credentials. Paul summoned by the will and purpose of God to what? To be. This is, this is so great. This is so awesome. That God calls. This, this book is full of things that, that God has called us to. But everything that God has called us to, He's literally written into our being. The character that God calls us to live to is the character that He has given us as new creation. And Paul starts out and he says, Look, I have been summoned by the will and purpose of God to be an apostle. He says, I've been summoned by the will of God to be an apostle. He is not saying that so that you would say, okay, obviously God looked upon this man and saw the, all his credentials and saw his learning and all of that and said to himself, you know, that guy could be an apostle. That's not what Paul is saying. He's saying the only reason I'm here is because what God has done in me and everything that I share with you is not coming from my wisdom. It's not coming from my understanding. It's actually coming from the life and authority of Christ in me. That's what I'm going to be writing to you from. I want you to understand that. Well, let me tell you something. Those credentials for ministry were not just Paul's. But every child of God has the same credential. You have been called. You have been chosen. God chose you before you chose Him, and we're not going to get into that. But that's the truth of it. God chose you. He saw your life from beginning to end. 
He saw every mistake that you were going to make. He saw every failure you were going to enter into. He saw all the selfishness. He saw all the self-protection and insecurity. He saw the abuses. He saw the good of your flesh and the bad of your flesh. He saw all of it. And you know what? He discounted it all. He discounted it and He chose you based on the life that He was going to give you or has given you. What does that mean to you? Don't count yourself out. Don't ever say, I am too, too old. I am too scared. I am too inept. I am too selfish. Because with every I am, you utter a lie. You're speaking to the truth of your flesh, not to the truth of who you are. And guess what? We're not called to minister out of the flesh. Oh, I'm so glad. Because I've been measuring my flesh up and I don't think I've got anything to give there. Do you? Now, the reality is you don't. God doesn't want us out there ministering in the flesh. What He wants is a branch. Well, what does a branch bring forth? Branchiness? No. The life of the vine. You see, God's under the impression that what people need is the life of the vine, not more branch. God's under the impression that people can live more readily from the life of the vine than they can from possessing many branches. It's so cool. It's so cool. Do you know that everything that you've worried about, everything that you're concerned about, everything that you think should happen or could happen that you may be worried about, is probably based in the flesh and not in the Spirit. It's probably just based in your branchiness and not in the life of the vine. And everything that God has given you to live out of is based in Christ, His power, His sufficiency, His faithfulness, His righteousness, His holiness. All that He is, He's literally put you in union with. So He says, go out there and minister, Paul. Go to Corinth and minister. Because I know this, Paul is a branch that allows the life to flow freely. And Paul says, you know what, guys, I just want to show you what my authority is. You know what he could have said very simply? Paul, a branch. Paul, a branch. That's what he is. Well, what flowed through that branch was the will and purpose of God. A special messenger of Christ Jesus. Paul first establishes who he is and why he's ministering. And then what he ministers out of. And again, he gives his identity. Our identity, not our credentials, our earthly credentials, is what we minister out of. Now you notice that he is with our brother Sosthenes. Does that name sound familiar? Well, it ought to. That's the second ruler of the synagogue. The one that followed Crispus and got the stuffing beat out of him. I mean, they're having a hard time keeping synagogue rulers, aren't they? I'm guessing that Jesus is more attractive than all the prestige and all of the pomp and all of the knowing and all of the honor of being a synagogue ruler. Particularly when your constituents 
turn on you and beat you into the dust. Now here's the interesting thing I love about this. Now, I, I'm using my sanctified imagination, but I can see, you know, if you were in that situation and, and Gallio said, get out of here, and you've just been drugged in there, you've been berated, you've been insulted, you've been called all kinds of names, you've been threatened, you've been pushed around, you've been shoved, and, and you th- in your mind, it's very likely you're going to end up in chains, beaten, who knows what. You're before this Roman proconsul, and you're thinking, well... My number may be up here. And the Jews are just absolutely vehement. They're emotional trying to get you arrested. Trying to get you put away. Trying to get you persecuted. And the one who's leading the throng is the leader of the synagogue. It is Sosthenes. And he's standing there, and no doubt in some eloquence, talking on and on about what a cad, what a rogue Paul is. And Paul's standing over there, bruised and disheveled, surrounded by angry Jews. And the proconsul said, get out of my courtroom. Take this petty argument somewhere else. I'm not even going to listen to you. He treated him with contempt. He didn't call him in contempt. He just treated him with contempt. And they literally had to leave. Now, here's Paul, and what does he think? Now, I'm I'm thinking, I'm projecting a little of my flesh here. I'm thinking, I'm out of here. Bam! They wouldn't even see me go through the doors. I'd be out of there so fast. Glory to God! Delivered! Because it's all about me, right? What is Paul? Paul starts to leave. He sees the crowd. He sees Sosthenes being beaten to a pulp. You know, the logical thing for him to do is get out of there before they turn on him. I don't think he does. I think at that point he, he waits till the crowd clears up and he walks over and he grabs Sosthenes by the hand. He probably says to them, I want to introduce you to someone who will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to give you a new hope, a new strength, a new life. I want to offer you a salvation that was given you by a man that took every stripe for you, who took all of your failures and your sins and your inadequacies upon himself and became the sacrificial lamb on your behalf. Sosthenes, would you like to know about this person? I think at that point, Sosthenes had been tenderized (laughs) and was ready to receive. So Paul says, I write to you and my brother Sosthenes. Now immediately I can hear the Corinthian church going, "Uh uh-oh, this guy knows us. (laughs) This guy is familiar with us. This is not some guy that, that has never heard of us before. The guy that's sitting next to Paul has a familiarity with our church. So... We come to number 2. Corinthians chapter 1 verse 2. To the church, assembly of God which is in Corinth, to those consecrated and purified and made holy in Christ Jesus, who are selected and called to be saints, God's people, together with all those who in any place call upon and give honor to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and and ours. To the church, 
Now, when you look at that, Paul is putting it in a universal context to the church. Not to the Corinthian church or the Christians in Corinth, not to the First Baptist Church of Corinth, not to the United Pentecostal Church of Corinth. Paul was not operating under that paradigm. Paul was operating under the presumption that the church was one body. So he addresses them as part of the body. You see, all of this separation that you see nowadays wasn't, wasn't so then. And it certainly wasn't Paul's vision, and I really don't believe it was Christ's vision either. I believe that when Paul looked to the church, he, in his mind's eye, saw all the church, all the brothers and sisters, all that had received Christ, because he was looking at the body of Christ, not at just the people. So he immediately, through his words, associates them to something far greater than a religious affiliation. He takes them out of that sense of independence. This is our little group. And he puts them into a greater reality, which is the body of Christ. This is a reality that they needed to see. They needed to see themselves as part of the whole rather than independent. Why? Again, because they're not part of a religious system. They are part and are the body of Christ. Part of Christ's body. And he continues to those consecrated and purified and made holy in Christ Jesus, who are selected and called to be saints, God's people. It is here that Paul calls their attention to the truth. He reminds them of who they are. You have been consecrated, purified, made holy. All of that's past tense. All of it's past tense. It's not who you need to become in order to change the way you live. It is who you are. You need to be reminded of who you are. That's part of the problem. You need to be reminded of who you are before you can stop living like who you are not. You need to come back to center. You need to set aside all the, the baggage and all of the, the landmarks and all of the idols and images that you have surrounded your perception with, that you have surrounded yourself with in the soul, that you have cluttered your mind with. You need to step away from that for a moment and recognize that it is nothing but rubbish. Not good nor bad, it is rubbish. All of it. Every identity you've stood in in the past, every association that you felt made you sub significant, everything that you've held on to that you thought gave you presence, you need to walk away from for a moment and you need to look into the truth of who you are. You need to see yourself the way God sees you. Because the only hope of you stepping away from living in the frailty of flesh is to step into the truth of your new life in Christ. We have it totally reversed most of the time. We want to discipline that flesh in order to make it accommodate and look like an image of what we think a Christian is supposed to be. Tear down the image. Oh, I know it looks good. I don't care who it looks like. Tear it down. 
and recognize the truth of who you are. Paul is calling to these people and he's not mentioning their behavior at this point. He's not mentioning their failures, their losses. He's not talking about their carnality in this greeting. What he is saying, I want you to stop, I want you to forget all that for the moment, and I want you to remember who you are. Then you can begin to delight in the things that suit you then you can begin to walk in the truth that is uniquely yours. Then you can begin to live the abundant and full life that I've called you to. Then you can be truly, both in reality and function, the church. That's what God called you to be. They had lost the truth in their focus on the flesh. The church was no longer the body of Christ. The scripture was no longer their nurture. And many of them were living divided lives. They had forgotten who had chosen them and his determination for them. Do you recognize that this is, this is the Father speaking? This is not just Paul writing. This is the Father and He is speaking. He is speaking from who He is. And He says, my determination for you. Every one of you, those of you who are here today, I want you to understand that this is who you are. I called you out. I chose you. This is not based on what you chose for yourself. This is based on who chose you, which is me. I chose you. And I chose you and I literally made you holy, sanctified, purified. I did that. Will you see it? Will you recognize it? Will you embrace it? Will you, will you own it? So they were living to themselves and their flesh and the strengths and weaknesses of that flesh. He calls them holy and holiness speaks of God setting us aside and making us whole. A spiritual man has within him a balance and truth that is complete. He has an unshakable calling and significance. He does not have to find the fullness of life. Life in Christ demonstrates fullness. We are holy because we are whole in Christ. He says, I have made you whole. You know, one of the first things the enemy will do to steal your abundance, to steal the joy of your life, is to make you think that you need to add something, or, or that God needs to add something. That you need to know something, or that you need to understand something, or that you need to be able to, to grasp something intellectually. Let me tell you something. This is for the very weakest of us. Because it's not based on who you are or what you bring. It's based on the very selection of God Himself calling you out where you by faith say, Yes, Lord, and in that He birthed you into wholeness, completeness, fullness. And you say, well, I don't feel that. I don't, I don't see that in my behavior. Let me tell you something. You live this life. By faith, and you live it to who you are. Not to who you hope to be, but to who you are. And when you begin to walk by faith in the truth of who you are, then faith becomes sight for you. 
Then you see Jesus in the pain. Then you see Jesus in the hard times. Then you see Jesus in the good times. And then life changes context for you. I cannot lose life. He says, I have made you whole. What a message for these people who have wandered so far off. And I'm sure you know the way it works. The minute that you begin to wander away from from the moorings of truth, the minute you begin to see yourself according to the flesh, the minute you begin to measure yourself and compare yourself to others, you feel this sense of lostness. You feel this sense of alienation. You feel this sense of rejection from God. You think it's from God. You feel like somehow there is no hope for you ever to walk into the level of intimacy that you were called to. You think it's the fool's dream. You think it was a passing thought the day you walked down the aisle and surrendered. You think it didn't happen and couldn't happen because you made mistakes. Because you turned down the wrong road. Let me tell you something. You cannot take away from the wholeness of God. And what God has done in your life. And you can say no. Paul says forgetting what is behind. The capacity to walk in intimate fellowship with Him, to walk in the, in the closeness that He made you for, is in you today. It is now. For as close to Him as you will be in heaven itself. For He is your life. Do you really believe that this world, this flesh, the things around you could offer you more than the presence of God within you? Do you really believe that this world is the be-all, end-all of existence? Well, then there's heaven. Well, why don't we just start embracing the truth of heaven now? Because after all, heaven is just real estate. Why don't we just live in the truth of the God who makes heaven great? Why don't we live in it now? Why do we want to be like ships tossed about by every wind of doctrine? You can feel the insecurity, the fear, the doubt. People who, who had lived in the, in the depths of immorality and, and selfish living for so long, from the beginning... And begin to think that their only hope for, for walking in truth is to pick and choose. A little bit of fleshly indulgence here, a little bit of, of worship there. And divide themselves right down the middle and lose the fullness that God intended them to experience. Because they would not by faith hold to the truth that what God had was greater for them than all that they had ever experienced or known as life out there in the world. They couldn't believe that God was greater than their history. They couldn't believe that God was greater than their Corinthianism. They couldn't believe that because they were born in the flesh in Corinth, because they were raised in Corinth, because they ate like a Corinthian, and because they they hung out with Corinthians, and because everything around them spoke of their Corinthian heritage, and they dressed like Corinthians, and they talked like Corinthians, they could not believe that somehow that that was different than being a child of God. They just had to believe that they were a child of God who tried to live the best they could in Corinth. Let me tell you something, that's not what God's talking about at all. What God is talking about is that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. My significance, 
My truth is in the center of my being. It is my spiritual reality. I am in Christ, a new creation. What I wear, the people I talk to, do not change me. My heritage, my education, my experience, my baggage cannot change me. All of those things do not affect the truth of who I am. God has called me to live according to the truth and made me to live according to the truth. I mean created me for living according to the truth. He has put me in a path that is meant to grow me in truth, but will only grow me in truth, expand my, my experience of truth as I walk that path by faith, not by sight. Doesn't it take the strength of faith to be able to walk out of your door in the morning and see everybody living to their flesh, listen to the radio and hear about everybody that's living to their flesh, listen to politicians talk about we're going to write laws in order to enforce living to our flesh, and read literature that literally is all about the flesh, and then sit down and watch TV that continues to enforce an identity in the flesh, and your only alternative is some kind of fantasy life in the, in the internet or somewhere else, and isn't it difficult to be, turn around and say, you know what, none of these things are me. They're not me. I am in Christ. When I get up in the morning, I know He's there because He's my life. The fact that I have functionality and breath proves He is with me because a branch can't live without the life of the vine. I move forward in Him. And everything that should speak of my flesh now speaks of the superiority of my spirit. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.